Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to firmsconsulting.com, you will see a pop-up or you'll see a place to add in your email address or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. For example, you could get a sample episode of Competitive Strategy with Kevin Coyne. Kevin Coyne is an ex-McKinsey partner, former worldwide head of strategy, and he had served something like over 25 CEOs on a personal level, on a one-to-one basis over his career. Kevin also has a program called How to Become a McKinsey Partner. It's the first time ever a McKinsey partner has gone on record talking about what is actually required to become a partner and you'll find it's very different from what you think is required how to develop deep insights which i have put together one of our most popular programs the electric car startup you will get sample episodes of all of those programs and more if you sign up to this list so that said i hope you enjoy today's episode Hi, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the strategy skills podcast today's episode is interesting because we have a very exciting guest with us and it's a bit of a treat so when i was an associate and all the way from you know engagement manager all the way up to partner there was one very famous consultant worldwide whose name always came up and this guy has been the consultant's consultant for as long as i can remember and he's probably one of the most famous, if not the most famous, management consultant in the world. So today we're going to be speaking to Ram Charan. And for those Indian clients who happen to be listening to this, I'm not referring to the Telugu movie star. So I'm not going to go through Ram Charan's entire biography because it's quite extensive, but I'll just give you a sense of who he is, right? So he went to the Indian Institute of Technology in Varanasi, did his PhD at the Harvard Business School, and he's been writing and working with some of the most quintessential corporate icons in American history and worldwide. You know, he's worked for General Electric, KLM, Bank of America. He's also written many good books, including one with Larry Bossidy, who was the former executive EVP of General Electric and went on to be CEO of Allied Signal. So many, many books. The interesting thing about Ram Charan is that he's one of the hardest working consultants in the world. Always on the road, always traveling. Uh, is a hard guy to get hold of. So when, you know, he started doing recent work around Amazon and what has set them apart, I thought it would be a good idea to get him on the phone and talk about some of his recent work. So today, we've been able to track him down in a hotel in Montreal. And I'm going to call him through the hotel and we're going to have a conversation about his latest thinking around Amazon and how other companies around the world can use those deep insights that Amazon is deploying to bring it to their own corporations. Now, as a personal note, a lot of the key ideas that Ram talks about, we have used it for the luxury bands business that we are building, that you can watch on firmsconsulting.com. And it has largely changed the way we have set up and manage that business. And the changes in the strategy are quite interesting when we take some of the core ideas that Ram talks about in this interview. So I'm going to call him on the hotel phone. It's going to be an interesting call because if you know, hotel receptions and lines are not very clear. So let's see what happens. Is that better? Much better. Oh, thank the Lord for this. Otherwise, we'd have to reschedule or send a carrier pigeon or something to do like that. Oh, yeah. 
okay, the so hotel it... room is partly line and partly uh, or, or, or partly is wireless. That's the reason for it. Now, but you go ahead. Now ask me. It's very clear. Okay, fantastic. So, so ask I'll do... me a question. Okay, I'll do a very very light introduction, almost nothing, because we'll we'll edit it in later. So thank you, mm -hmm. Ram, for making yourself available. It's always good to hear from you. I believe you're in Montreal at the moment. Yes, I'm in Montreal. Yes. Okay, fantastic. So I know you're you're somewhere in an hotel, and I wanted to thank you for making yourself available. So I've been reading about some of the very interesting work you're doing on Amazon, and there's a lot mm -hmm. of interesting stuff. But I want to start off talking about the day one rule because it seems like something yes. so obvious, but I don't hear many other executives doing it. Yes. So Michael, in the '90s, Jack Welch initiated every day is a new day. Yeah, I've created that inside the company with the idea the world is changing every moment. Mm -hmm. So every leader must think about what is new, how to position yourself to deal with the new things, to take advantage of new things. Jeff Bezos starts a company around 1995, and he has known the disease large companies have yes. that are successful. And that is, they say, if you don't say day one, day one means the mentality ownership of a startup, mentality of building something new, mentality of innovation, and not get hooked to the past and fail into the future. So day one sets the mindset, the psychology of management, and forces people to look into the future, discard that is relevant on the past. And that's what day one is. So day one is is a mindset. But why is it that Amazon seems to do it so well, but you don't hear many other executives even speaking about it during their you know, earnings updates and so on? Do you think it's something unique to Amazon <clears throat> that allows them to be so consistent? Yeah, yes. His speaking on the investor calls inside the company is unique. It is the first time. To convert people's mindset, you have to repeat, repeat, repeat. To tell the investors that he is doing innovation, that his company looking into the future 10 years out, that he's doing experiments, some of them will fail, that he's thinking those ideas that could materialize 10 years later, because at that time there's not much competition, that gives him an edge. Mm. And do you feel the fact that Bezos has been at the head of Amazon for close to 20 years gives him almost a moral authority to be able to push this agenda versus other CEOs who are really chasing a two to three year horizon? Do you feel that gives him some kind of advantage? Well, I think historically you have a number of CEOs yes. who think longer term and execute also the short term. So his conversation of day one and long term is both for the investors as well as for employees. And showing for a company to last a long time, they must do the long-term thinking and acting and experimenting. At the same time, they must be rigorous in executing their actions. Mm. So when I talk to CEOs and other executives, I see one of the challenges is that they move away from a day one focus because, you know, two years into running a business, they've built a successful product or, or service and they want to spend their time mm. defending it. How does Amazon avoid that tendency to defend what it's built and, and look forward? Yeah, it's a very good question. First, he built a business model, money-making model, mm -hmm. 
that except for first year or so, he built his company that generates cash. Yes. And so he didn't have to go very much to borrow from outside after the first couple of years. His whole modus operandi is not earnings per share, it is cash per share. Number two. I want, I want to, to interrupt it. you there, Ram. I want to interrupt you because you raise a good point. Are you saying because yep. they are funding their growth from retained earnings, they have the independence to pursue this? They are funding their growth by the cash they generate every year. So that gives them the Except independence the to, to think yeah, long Please term. note, I'm not using the phrase retained earnings. Sure. That's accounting concept. Okay. This is hard cash. Hard cash. 2018, he generated 96 billion in cash gross margin that gave him a chance how to allocate. And by allocating for 25% growth, if you do accounting, he shows very little profit. If you show that how he's building the business, it is one of the two or three best businesses on planet. Okay, good. Now that's an important one. The, the, the fact that they're cash positive means they can do this. Those who generate cash and then they allocate wisely and really execute what they decide and invest portion of that cash to build the future, they are the winners. Fantastic. Same in Apple, same in Microsoft, same in Facebook, same in Google, same in Alibaba, same in Baidu, same in JD.com. Mm -hmm. These people generate cash. Then they have a choice how to allocate cash. And portion of that cash goes into building the long term. And the long term means building the business for the future. If you grow at 25% per annum on a base of $250 billion in sales, it requires a lot of cash investment in technology, in AI, in logistics, in warehouses. They are very tangible assets. Yes. They produce new customers, new revenues, new ideas. Okay, now that's interesting. So you mentioned that was the first reason. What is the second reason? Uh, for what? Again, short-term, long-term? Long-term thinking. Yeah, so second reason is that when you think 10 years out, and you see where the demographics will be, which is very easy to predict, and then you see how the habits are changing. You think of ideas that you could experiment now that may take three, four years to develop. And if they succeed, you build your long-term and you create new source of revenues. Alexa, it took seven years. Look at the value of it. Yes. Kindle, it took seven years. AWS, look at seven years. So, but the cash is there to do those experiments. And therefore, you're managing for cash. You're not managing for EPS. So in this example here, or this, in this point you're raising, if I understand you correctly, you're saying that Amazon is, is looking at where the demographics are going and they are doing experiments. Demographics is going, yeah. new needs coming in. Got it. And then they are... Everybody knows... Yeah, everybody knows but did not do that the future is less text, more voice. So he develops Alexa. Do you think it's only the cash reason why they're able to take these seven, eight-year bets? Able to take what? A seven, eight-year investment, for lack of a better word. I mean, many few no, companies no, no. You can see, do that. You see, you have other industries. Yes. In oil industries, 20 years. In aircraft industry, is minimum 15 years. In drug industry, is minimum 12 years. So why can't it be doing consumer industry? That is true. It's all about a mindset of thinking about the mindset market differently. and the management of skill. Yes. So that was the second reason. He has, that consistently, he has consistently increased cash earnings per share 
and good cash only for share, mm -hmm. and not EPS, which is the accounting section. If a company can have somebody or some company or some funding to support long-term cash infusion, they can do that. Like a so startup, for a soft fund. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's a supplier of funds to Netflix. Yeah. Netflix continues to grow, has long-term bets going on, and so long he continues to fund or they get the funding, they can do that. Uber, same way. There are funders who are willing to do that, but it also backfired on WeWork. Yes. But so, difference in Amazon, yeah. that within two years, he became a cash generator. So there are different ways to raise cash to give you the resources to pursue these big goals. Yes. But the ideal so situation... Netflix, yeah. Netflix, Uber, all these are long-term bets. Yes. And are there any other reasons why Amazon is so good at being able to take these long-term Oh, bets? yes. There are many other reasons. Many other reasons. So what do you think I would be one, the top other reasons? One is their values. Yes. Those values are practical. They are measurable. They are enforced. There are 14 of them. Yes. This is not a baloney where you <laughs> put these things on a plate and hang it. Yeah. Do you mean two, they are actually they, enforced? They're not just nice things yeah. on, on a wall somewhere. Yeah. Number two, they raise bar every time they select a new person. There is a person, qualified set of people, who interview the new hires and they have a veto power if the new hire does not seem to be a person who will raise the bar. It's a continuous raising the bar of the company. I know of no other company that does it. But isn't that something every company says that they do? I mean, I speak to executives all the time and they tell me they're always hiring the best, they're always raising the bar. So what is uh, different about Amazon? That. No, no. They say they're hiring the best. Yes. That's not it. It is you hiring somebody who will come into the company and then you and raise, raise the, bar. the bar where he will be going. Okay. They're two different things. Yes. But do you feel that other tech it's companies are, are not doing enough of that? What is Amazon doing different about it? No, the reason is they don't have the bar raiser having the veto power. They have trained bar raisers in interview. No other company has. What do you mean when you say veto power with the bar raiser having the veto power? Yeah. So when, when a particular person is being interviewed for a job, yeah. and all people saying here are three candidates to interview, select from, then they select, and then a bar raiser who is qualified, trained, or certified will interview the person. If he thinks this person is not a bar raiser, then he has a veto right not to hire that person. So one no person can stop that. the entire process. Hello? So you say one, one person can stop the entire process if they don't think that person meets the criteria to be Michael, a bar raiser. Yes? Michael, call right back. There's a noise here. Call right back. Okay, I will. Is this better? Much better. Okay, yeah, good. Go I apologize for technology problems. I'm not sure what's causing it. I, I want to go back to this point. You said that um, yeah. one person can veto the hiring. And, and is that linked to the yeah. seniority of the person? No, no, no. Hang on, Michael. Hang on. It's not one person. They have trained, tested a number of individuals okay. who also are assigned the task to interview the final candidates that other people are recruiting for their units. And when that is happening, each of these people, they're called bar raisers, interview them. And in the interview, if the bar raiser comes to the conclusion, and there is a set way to do it, that this person will not raise the bar of that unit, he can veto it, he does veto it, and that person will not be recruited. 
that raises the standard. Okay. So we were talking about what Amazon does differently. Is there anything that Jeff Bezos himself does differently that allows Amazon to operate in such a way? Say it again. Is there anything that Jeff Bezos himself does that allows Amazon to be so forward-looking? Yeah. So the key point is that, number one, it's a great thing a Bezos does, and Jack Welch used to do it, that the quarter you are now managing was actually built two or three years ago. So it's always two to three years ahead. Yes. Because the inputs you make today and execute them will deliver results. It's a totally different mindset. Yeah, but do you not feel that other executives no. think that way as well? I mean, look how many CEOs I talk every week. Probably a hundred. They're a lot. It's a big number. So, so you're saying you don't, you walk into a company, they will tell you first thing, how is this quarter? Yes, backward first looking. Thing, and then he focuses on three, four things only. And he's looking at it, where is a big space, big market, 10 years out? And what do I need to do to to experiment, then he's not the only one. He has a system inside where people propose ideas. Yes. They get actually screened and they are actually funded. And they're very fast cycle time to test those ideas in early stages. And this is Bezos' thinking. He brought this to Amazon, right? This is his philosophy. I'm sorry, Mike, say it again. This is Bezos' philosophy. He brought this to Amazon. This is his thinking. He did, but don't forget it. His experience before he built Bezos was in a Wall Street firm mm, run D. by a Columbia yeah. professor, David Shaw. He had never been in an industrial company before. And do you think that was a benefit? Except hamburgers in McDonald's. Do you think that was a benefit, him having never worked in industry before? No, 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 no. Let me continue. And then he recruited people who had been in these old traditional companies. One of them came from Honeywell. He recruited five people from GE. These are the people who understood the execution discipline. Bezos brings the algorithms, the digitization, the consumer obsession, and the streamlining the processes. Yeah. These are the guys who helped Jeff Bezos build the company. They come from ordinary street, ordinary companies who were frustrated in their own companies mm. who had not used in those days AI and algorithms. He brings a new technology and ride on the wave of internet that changed the world. So Bezos was pretty good at assembling a group of people who felt their skills were outstanding. Outstanding. Yes. Well, I mean, he's built a phenomenal company. But let's talk about one of the points you raised. You, you were alluding to innovation. And Amazon has yeah. been incredibly successful at constantly innovating and building big businesses. I mean, have you touched yes. on, have you thought about why they're so good at that? Yes. Number one, they actually allow the persons to be full-time when they're doing an experiment on innovation. It's not part-time. Okay, so they can come from anywhere. They have diverse teams. They are evaluated and tolerated for failure. Second, most of the innovation is software-related. Software-related innovation is different than innovating a big gadget, but they do both. I read somewhere that when Jeff Bezos is trying to create a new business, he puts yeah. his top people in and asks them to try to destroy the existing business. Is that true? This is a lot of cliches. A lot of cliches. His total focus is consumer. Yes. What the consumer could imagine, it has not imagined now, 
will use? Should we experiment? Will it be a large space to do that? And if that means some business needs to be stopped, they will. So it's all about the consumer. The statement you use is for the existing businesses of other companies. Bezos is driven what the consumer will want, what the consumer convenience could come, what the consumer customer had not thought about. But one sees it, it's going to be very convenient, lower price. So you're saying that if it's good for the customer, he'll shut down the business. But if it's good for the this customer... This is his number one criteria. Yes. Even if it is unprofitable initially, because he knows by using data, by using scale, by using productivity, by using AI, he will bring the cost down. And, and how, what does Amazon or Bezos do differently about the way they think about customers? Because a lot of companies talk about cus- putting customers first, but they don't really do it. So, so how does Amazon do it differently? Yeah, customer part of Bezos first is that they try to find a pain point. Mm. Number two, they have customer d- digital data, exchange data. Number three, he's very much on intuition that you look at the intuition of your own, what could it be that makes the life of the consumer faster, better, more convenient? Well, I can think of one thing that I, you know, I use Amazon. One thing that I've seen they do well is I remember buying something a week ago and it was mm-hmm. defected and Amazon gave me an automatic refund without me men- making any complaints. Remember, I come from that background in India, a shoe shop. Yeah. A cloth shop, 1950s. Wow. We had that rule. A customer comes from a village. He bought a sari, some saris that thing ladies wear. And somebody said, there's a hole in it. We don't even look at it. We say to the guy, pick up your own new one you want. We did that. It's a very old business thing across the globe. But you don't this see one it that easier. often, actually. I mean, This one, we record who, who did it. Does he do it repeatedly? Does he do once? Mm. And then we investigate the reason why this is so. And we fix the processes. That's Amazon. But how does Amazon keep that focus on customer care, given how large they are in so many different businesses? No, it's all algorithms. So, it's all, so no what they've done is they've taken this philosophy and they've coded it into the business. And it's, it's machine learning. It has the what they call the, the tracker. They have the anomalous algorithms that detect these anomalies. Mm. They are very old, 100 years old. So you're saying that when I got that refund, there was no manager approving it. An algorithm picked it up and approved it. Absolutely. No human touch. Because you see, if you are a regular customer, you did it once in a while, it's okay. If you were doing it repeatedly, then they will begin to worry about you. Yes, then I'll be flagged by another algorithm as a guy wanting too many refunds, right? That will come out very quick. <laughs> yes. So, so in a manner of speaking, Amazon is really efficient because they're taking out the labor out of decision-making and they're automating it, right? It increases their productivity. Correct. Absolutely correct. But they have a lot of labor, sure. which is still more productive in the warehouses, in the logistics. Because it, it's what it they're doing with that labor. The future. So, so they're using labor, but they're using it very efficiently. They're getting a higher return correct. from it. And, and, and what very you're correct. saying is they're using AI to maximize the return from that labor. And AI has been here for 100 years. Yes. It became feasible because of internet mm-hmm. and because of cheap computing power. And he's riding on that wave since 1997 or so. And now he is one of the few companies that is expert user of AI. 
Machine learning has been here in the long time ago. It was discovered in World War II. Mm-hmm. Alan Turing used yeah. it to decode the coding of the Germans. Yes. He cracked the Enigma code. He cracked the code. So, so the fundamentals have been here for 100 years. So if I'm thinking about this, right, you know, we talk, when you think about technology companies, there's always this background noise about them removing labor. But it seems like Amazon is hiring a lot of people, but using AI to get a bigger return than competitors. Correct. But just to mention, if he didn't have AI, he wouldn't have that large business. Yes. He wouldn't be he'll be recruiting a zillion people. Yeah. But what you I'm think seeing about is, a Walmart five years ago. I'm I'm seeing a lot three of years ago. They had two million people. They recruited half a million people a year. Their AI is not as good as the Amazons. Yes. What I'm seeing is a but lot they of, will get there. I'm seeing a lot of synergies here. For example, Amazon starts collecting a lot of data, which is an input into AI. And it almost Correct. feeds each other because the bigger Amazon gets, the better the AI becomes. The better the AI becomes, the more people want to shop. So it's almost like a, like, a, like a circle moving faster and faster. Is that a good analogy? It is. It is. It is. But you don't need any more data for him to do. He's got a ton of data better than anybody else on consumer. There is a diminishing return of use of data at some point. But this level a long way to go, right? I mean, Amazon must have, what, like 4%, 5% share of the market? Online market is more than 50%. But, I mean, worldwide total retail. Oh, oh yeah, no, that's less than one. Yeah, so they've got a long way to go. Because when you think of Amazon, we, we think they're now, big long in the way US. to go to grow, but the data is sufficient right now yeah. to do all the insights you need. And And... Is the level of innovation just concentrated in the United States, or is this something they've been able to propagate across all of their different divisions and across the world? No, they're innovating in India. In India, yeah. he's very committed. They're coming with new ideas. But India has been a pretty tough market for them to crack, right? I mean, what are they doing differently? No, it's not. No, India is a, a smaller market. But have, India have they issues been logistics. Have India they... issues competition. People are converting to online. It's not a tough market. It's only three guys. And is Amazon doing as well in India as in the United States? There are different markets, different outcomes in the early stages. Sure. There are competitions in so, terms so again, of criteria. If I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying Amazon is making the investment today to get a return in the future. Is that correct? Yeah. Don't worry about the return in the global equation. Yeah. With the excess cash you have, you're putting into a market that will grow over time and it's creating the market. Yes. You don't evaluate the ROE on a one wing of an airplane. Sure, yes. That's the most stupid thing people have. <laughs> and what, what are some of the unique challenges? You mentioned there were different challenges. What are some of the unique challenges that Amazon is facing in India? Well, the challenges are always there. Competition is coming. Yes. In AWS, Microsoft competition is coming. Alibaba is coming. Global going forward. And that's a good thing because competition makes you better. Yeah. Uh, and the challenges will be <clears throat> in terms of the number of people they're going to have, would that create some issues from the outside? Uh, will there be an issue about where the government is trying to investigate them for may- maybe some actions that may be called uh, antitrust? Those things will come. Politicians may take a crack at it, but the consumer is benefiting and shareholders benefit. Yeah, competition is good for consumers. Yeah. And do you feel that that so Amazon is operating in many areas? Do you think there is a limit to where they can operate, where their values and culture and algorithms will just not be able to operate that far? No, 
We have evidence of the last 100 years. Any company that has gone overseas to another country, mm-hmm. they adopt to the external values, but you go inside the companies, a large part of their values are the business values that are usually very, very common to most of their operations. Business values are administered, used across. Every single country has the same terminology about business. Would you believe that? I can believe that, yeah. In every industry, yeah. So that creates the vehicle for getting business values largely common across the globe. Mm. And do you People feel... values and all that are culturally related. Okay, that makes sense. But how is Amazon able to be so successful at building so many different multi-billion dollar businesses? Because most companies build one business and they do everything to protect it. Stay with that. Michael, that any platform business that's obsessed with the customer, you can scale up very fast. Well, just hold on. You, so you're calling Amazon a platform business, not a technology business? It's a platform is the technology. Platform but is linking the technology. with the customers. Okay, but it's a different way of thinking about it, right? Say it again? It's a different way of thinking about a business, calling it a platform versus... And not only different way of thinking, but organizing and acting and selecting people. That's what the leaders do. That's what the executives do. So a platform implies... There are many consultants. There are many consultants who think, but they can't do. Yes, (laughs) that's true. Too many of them. So when you you say platform, that implies competitors could be on that platform. The platform business helps you create an ecosystem, get other partners. Platform is modular. Platform has almost infinite capacity. And every incremental uh, item you sell, its cost is close to zero. Mm. That's how you scale up. Netflix has scaled up in seven years. Yeah, quite incredible. Is this one of the no, reasons why... It's, no, it's not incredible. No, Michael, it's not incredible. It's the ignorance the managers have of the algorithms, of the platforms. They don't know a thing. You mean the, the, the competitors? You know the Netflix, thing, you can right? do that too. So you're saying that other companies can replicate this if they start thinking about platforms and algorithms and AI. Absolutely. Look, Walmart is coming back. They got the right person. Yeah. Who worked for Amazon, sold his business. Who knows it? Yes, And yes. they're moving up. And they're doing Why pretty well. Why can't the others do? But if everyone moves towards platforms and AI, wouldn't that mean there's competitive parity whereby no one has an advantage there? The competitive parity or differentiation is the linkage of customer need, customer obsession, ecosystem, and the quality of the platform. Okay, that's good. That's These well three said. things are the reasons combined as differentiators. It's not one thing. Yes. Is this one of the reasons why Amazon allowed competitors to sell through their store because they saw it as a platform? No, no. It is a part of developing money-making model that not only allow you create ecosystem for others to use your platform Mm -hmm. so that you get more customer data, right customer data, and you get more prime members to come in, which buy much more than the non-prime members. It is a part of an integrated money-making model and strategy. Okay. But you don't see many other companies doing that. Netflix decided not to do. Disney will do. But Netflix in the early stages did that. Without that, they couldn't succeed. Mm. And how is Amazon doing in China? We spoke about India, where you you say it's doing pretty good. The China situation is different because the government hand is strong. So it's facing other hurdles such as legislative, political. Yeah, government's hand is strong in managing all that. So you don't compare in China. Mm. I think, is Amazon operating in China at the moment? I think so, but I don't know enough. 
Okay. So it sounds because good. Because the dominant player is Alibaba. Let, let's come back to a, we know that. to a point you made about Bezos's ability to hire the right people and put them into the right roles. Because that really is probably the toughest role in leadership, you know, finding the right people. I've written about that zillion times. Yeah. And the talent competes, businesses don't. Can you explain you that? You always right? compare the talent from one company to the other and how they execute, how they imagine, how they create new business models. That competition is not those 200 PowerPoint presentations. What, what, what do you mean when you say that? Could you elaborate? Yeah, what I'm saying is that you take simple examples. Mm-hmm. Ed Willard, former chairman of DuPont, brought Steve Jobs back single-handedly. It's in my book, Boards That Lead. Okay. Full chapter. He made the whole difference. He recruited Tim Cook. Look at the difference. Microsoft, they chose Satya Nadella. Look at the difference. Yes. Metronics, they chose Omar Schwartz from GE. Look at the difference. Honeywell, Larry Barty, my co-author, chose David Cote. Look at the difference. So, In so 12 years, what is four the, time, uh, seven times market value. What is the common thread between all of them? The common thread is not what people looking for universals. It is the skill in defining what is needed and matching the skill of the right person. So it could be it very different. Matching, it is a fit that matters. Aha. Uh-huh. So there's there no... no all-round champion. Perfect. It's a dream that never realizes. So what you're saying is there's no template that can be applied at every company. It's very specific to the situation, the company, and the, the person. The template is you get all the data. Template is you define very skillfully what is needed at the time. And the template is you figure out what is the individual's raw talent and experience just you do in sports. It is very much sports-like. Yes, Not everybody is a quarterback. That makes sense. Well, if this is true, which it is, I'm just wording it that way, that means that Amazon would have executives with very different profiles and skills running different parts of the business because the businesses are so different. Yeah, their first filter is their 14 values. Yes. They test that before they recruit. So you pass the 14 values and then you have to be a good fit for the situation at hand. That's it. The key is good fit. You make some mistakes, you correct them. Yes. Actually, some companies pay people to leave. So you've been here one year. If you don't like it, we'll pay you to leave. Is that a good practice? It seems like you're getting rid of someone who learned from their mistakes. Oh, yes. You've got to learn from your mistakes, but you also let the people volunteer to go if they're not happy. Yeah, it's a culture where it's not bad to leave if you're not happy. It's a little bit like consulting, I suppose. Consulting is very different. Yeah. Here in Amazon, what you do, the results are measured in zillion metrics, and they are transparent. You can't hide. Yes. So does that mean that Amazon is measuring many things? How does it aggregate all of that up to make a decision? Now, listen first is that this is the company that uses multiple times of metrics than any other company in the world, other than Facebook and so on. Mm-hmm. Second, the machine does the analysis of that metrics. Yes. They meet every two weeks, 62 pages of metrics. The algorithms do the analysis. Did you say 62 pages of metrics? There's going to be more in the future. Don't worry about it. 
But the executives and are not the analyzing. Algorithms know how to figure out what's happening. But the executives are not analyzing sixty-two pages. The algorithms make the decisions, right? Yeah. So they're isolating what are the discrepancies, where to focus, where to do systematic analysis. Look at the whole processes that are delivering good things or bad things. They stand out. So why has People Amazon been so? Why has Amazon been so good at this versus companies like? oil and gas companies, mining companies, and so on, which have a history of collecting data, wouldn't they have been the birthplace of using They don't AI? have algorithms yet. They don't have algorithms yet. And the question they is, don't have AI yet. why haven't they been open to AI? Well, that depends on the CEO. They're ignorant. They don't know algorithms. They never got a training. This man has a PhD from Princeton. So, so is this Jeff Bezos's forward thinking about seeing the potential of AI? No, but he has, no, he has the skills most CEOs don't have. Yeah, which They're is? Zero. They have no idea. I teach in the class. They have no idea what an algorithm is, what it can do. So, I would ask, so, so, so Ram, you, you speak to many CEOs. How many of them are taking AI seriously as opposed to just lip service? They're talking about it. They want to find people who could do it. So they, they have some fear. How much does it cost? How will they show return on investment? I have one company where the CEO and the team goes every month yeah. to a school to learn algorithms, one day a month. One day a month. They're doing well. When you they're say they're learning doing, together. When you say they're doing well, it means they are learning and they, they, they're building out, they investing. Now they're delivering results. They change the industry. They, they made some big, big shifts in the industry. I wish I can tell you the name. It's okay. I mean, big industry. Yeah. So are you they calling, made a big shift. Are you saying AI is one of the big capabilities all companies need to master. They will be able to rent AI very soon. Yes, they that's true. They have to learn what it can do. They don't have to invest a ton of money. I have companies, you can bring them in for half a million dollars or less. They can do a lot of good things for you. This company actually has been adding great value to the number two guy of one of the largest banks in the world for largely quarter million dollars a year. This, People need to learn what can be done. This sounds very loosely, very loosely like the debate when mainframes first entered U.S. business and some companies were making the switch and others were not making the switch. And the ones no, no, who didn't no, make no, the Michael, switch... Yeah? Michael, AI is, is now available to the people like a general purpose gadget. You get the people, work with them. It's not costly. All this is becoming more democratized. It is here. The CEOs need to get off and learn this. So it's really a question of executive commitment to this. It's not about availability of skills. One, are you learning or are you not? Mm-hmm. Be honest about it. If you're not learning, you can't do. Yeah. You've got to learn the new technology. You've got to learn the new tools. You've got to execute those tools. Every decision that can be digitized will be digitized. Do you know how it can be done? If you know, fantastic. If you don't know, you'll be left behind. One thing I really like about this discussion, Ram, and I must say I really like this because whenever you read about Amazon, people talk about AI, but they don't really talk about how AI works and why it's given Amazon this difference in terms of making decisions and so on. And, And I hope that many people... Don't just talk about AI because it's interesting to talk about it, but really figure out how it can help their businesses, which will be different from the way it helps Correct. Amazon, of course. Correct. Absolutely. It's not just AI. AI is the combination of algorithms. Yes. 
Machine learning is a combination of algorithms. So you say, I see a opportunity, market is space. It's not being solved right now. With the use of AI, what I can do? That is Tesla. Yeah. That's Netflix. Now Disney is catching up. They got day one, 10 million customers signed up. Where the hell were they before? Yeah. Yes, where were they before? Financial services would seem an obvious place to apply Amazon's thinking. Is Amazon... It's happening. They are looking at financial services. It's happening, but it's very slow. It will take time. Okay. So financial services, we've seen the... No, they they wake up late. They wake up late. But they're happening. They begin to move. Is Amazon making a play for financial services? Is that something that's... It is. Yes. Okay. And I'm assuming they're going to bring their old capability in AI and so on to do it. They will. They're in the healthcare, they're in in entertainment, they are in financial services. Absolutely they are. So they found this different way of running their business that's given them an edge and they continue to develop it. And as you said... No, 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 no. They are obsessed with consumer. Consumer uses loans. Why not us? Consumer uses medicines and distribute. Why not us? We can bring cheaper price. Better usage, lower loan losses. But isn't that a danger? Is that exactly that thinking. It's not different business. Always what different businesses. Not anymore. But isn't there a danger, Ram? I mean, there could be a danger of them expanding into too many things. Is that a danger that they think about? Everything is dangerous and risks. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Doing nothing is also dangerous. <laughs> There's a bigger risk. That's true. Yes, and if the opportunity is draw when they fail. Yeah, and if the opportunity is there and they can make it work and it's a large enough business, then they should do it. Yeah, but as I said, they have 18 failures. They experiment, they cut them, they launch them, they fail, they withdraw. It's normal for them. Well, they should be failing because if you're not failing, you're not trying, right? That's right. If everything you launch works, then you probably launch too late, in my opinion. Not only that, you're not exploring big opportunities. Yes, that's right. But let's think about this. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're a, if it's the size of Amazon, you must be pursuing every new venture must be a multi-billion dollar business, which means some of your failures are going to be multi-billion No, 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 not failures. multi-billion. He thinks trillion. Okay, multi-trillion. That means some of your failures yes. are going to be really yes, big. Exactly. Because if you look at the internet, through the internet, the total GDP of the world is 100 trillion. Mm-hmm. I only want 1 trillion. Why not me? I only want one trillion, just one trillion. How do you get your executives comfortable with failing on that scale? No, there is no such thing as comfortable. Everything is risks. Everything is fear. You got to say, how can they experiment? How do they do the pilot? How can they experiment on that scale? Do they have the right people? And what happens to the executives who fail on 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 some pilot that that cost hundreds of millions? I mean, does are they promoted? The pilots go through stages. Yeah. Stage one doesn't cost hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm. That's the wrong notion. Yeah. We create prototypes on the computer first. A four-person team for one year, six months, three months. That cost is very little. Well, think about the, the, the fire device. I, I don't know the numbers. You probably know them better than I do. But that wasn't a very cheap venture, right? Say it again. Which the one? fire device. They are these fire tablets. Yeah, I don't know that, but that time he's doing it. Yeah. Designing is not costly. Yes. Manufacturing would be, which they don't manufacture, it gets manufactured elsewhere. Yeah. Will be a variable cost. 
And I think it's fair to say that what if something fails, they could probably take something from it to build something in the future from it. Like always, they will have new technology tested, new consumer experience tested. Well, let, let's uh, let's build on that thought. Right? AI came from somewhere within Amazon. Did it come say from it something that failed before? Say it again. So the AI technology that Amazon is now using very successfully, did it develop from some other pilots that failed? No, it's a misnomer, Michael. Michael, there is no such thing as wrong AI technology. AI technology is a combination of algorithms, and you practice with the data until this begins to match. You know, I wasn't saying and wrong. And if you fail to match it, you try again. Now, what I'm, what I'm saying, the point I'm making is, is not about wrong AI technologies. I'm saying that Amazon failed at certain things in the past. Did any of yeah, those? Yeah, because the consumer didn't like it. Yes. Did any of those failures help? develop AI to where it is today? Like... the, fail, the No, the algorithms in AI have self-learning. Yeah. That's our design. Machine learning, deep learning is self-learning. The mystery is out. The mystery is out. <laughs> well, if, it, if it's out, it's, it's always... Ignorance, ignorance is high, mystery is out. So the question is, why don't more companies do more with AI? Listen, my friend, is this, it's going to happen... Companies are being hurt badly. Yeah. The best example in retail. Mm. You can see why those guys are not surviving. Malls are closing. Yeah. Companies are closing stores. You see that alive. So you're saying that as companies experience more pain, well, some of them, they'll be forced to embrace AI because they need it to serve customers better. And more than that. So those who are not doing it, they're going to be left behind. And at some point, their future may be threatened. Yeah. There's nothing like the fear of failure to motivate an executive. And you will see in a couple of years' time, active shareholders will be knocking the door. Yeah. Well, because it's already the market happened, value right? will decline. And we've seen companies that haven't invested in AI fall behind in many industries. In the retail industry, is a ton of them. Do you feel that in, in retail... is a ton of them. Yeah. In technology for automobiles, is a ton of them. Parts manufacturers, 99% of the companies are behind. Some are gradually moving. You say 99%, I mean, that's across all sectors or just retail? It sounds like all sectors to me. Correct. They're doing fiddling here, fiddling there. Very few standing out. Yeah. It would be surprising to me that... There are 100,000 companies. You can't name 1,000 companies that are there. It's surprising to me that shareholders are not pushing companies to do more about it. They are talking in their own way, but the most shareholders are quarterly shareholders. Yes, they're not willing to make the investment to serve Yeah, customers. and they're institutional shareholders now. Yeah. They're trying to push for long term, but they themselves don't know the goals. So it's, a, it's an education. It sounds to me like you know the, the big take out of this is if you're a CEO, if you're an executive, or you're in a position to influence a company, start... Obviously, there's many interesting things and very useful things Amazon is doing, but you've got to really get your head around AI first, or at least start there. Yeah, I would just say we should, we should talk less about the word AI. Yeah. It is a set of algorithms that is machine learning, deep yeah. learning, statistical it's a, modeling. So it's about using algorithms to serve customers better. This is it. It's big, uh, algorithms are 200 years old. One is from 1763. Yeah. And they are freely available. It's They're democratized. A, it's just a question of using it and building it into the culture of yeah, the company. No, first, before they use they've got to know what they can do. They've got yeah. to learn what they are. 
Do you feel that every, or do you think the CEOs today can make that leap, or is it a, a, a situation where new leadership? It's up to the individual. Learn? It's up to the individual. There's nothing that somebody will say they can't learn. They can learn. They don't have to program. Yeah, that's true. They need to learn the logic. Learn to see what it can be done. Who would do it with them? And then bring in the people to do it and put in the funding. Absolutely. That's it. That's what the builders do. That's what the CEOs do. They yeah. know they can't do everything, but they need to learn what has to be done. When I thought I'd be talking to you about Amazon, I did not think that uh, algorithms would be 90% of this discussion. But the more we talk about it, the more central it is to the conversation. Yeah, but the key is connecting customer obsession, customer need, customer imagination, customer value with the platform, with the algorithms. Yes, it's about the data. It's about using the algorithms to serve your customers better to foresee what they need no go the other way go yeah. the other way imagining what the customer will need what will make customers life better cheaper and finding algorithms to serve it business more business model business notion of amazon is customer first very old business business principle of thousands of years the mm. corner store knows the customers by heart. Why can't we know in large companies? So Amazon is thinking about what does the customer want, and they figure out what... Or what it should want. What it should want. And they try to predict what the customer wants and needs, and then they figure out what can they do with the algorithm to meet that need. Exactly. How do we deliver it? So they're not going What's there the and analyzing the algorithms and looking for clues. They are figuring out what customers want or should want, and then they're working towards that. Yeah, but also intuition they use. Imagine what will be. I never thought you need a one-hour delivery in New York. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks they do. I'm really so glad that someone thought we need one-hour delivery. I'm, I'm happy with that idea. <laughs> it's interesting, right? Because okay. one-hour delivery today seems so obvious to us. They look obvious after the fact. But it wasn't obvious what, seven, eight years ago when you know Jeff Bezos was thinking about these things. No, he, he made it obvious by experimenting. Yes. And killing some and keeping some. He didn't just do that. He does experimentation. Ram, I know that you're, you're pressed for time. So let's maybe, if, I know you've got another call, I think, scheduled or another meeting. Yeah. In the last right. sort of few minutes, is there anything that you want to leave with the audience? If there is one thing you wanted them to take out of, you know, learning from what Amazon is doing, what would that be? I like everyone who uses Amazon or see Amazon as a competition Learn how to obsess about the customer need. Learn what algorithms, machine learning, deep learning, platforms can do to serve it better and select the right people to help you make a money-making business that is a digitized base. Mm, well said. I must say I have some new appreciation for Amazon after this call, Ram. Yeah. Ram, it was it's a very good conversation. It was an a very absolute, good conversation. See how the editing comes out. It was an absolute delight to speak to you. I really enjoyed it. It was a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for making time Thank in you. Montreal. Likewise. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our content is to join the list on firmsconsulting.com.
It's the only way also to get access to our unique advanced content that we make available to insiders. So if you want to get a sneak peek of things, test it out, see what's in there, this is the place to go. And finally, I want to thank you again for making us one of the largest podcast channels around the world for careers and for the 2 million downloads and counting.